Every decade has its share of one-hit wonders. Who let the dogs out? The The Macarena. Whip it. It's raining men. All songs we know all too well, unfortunately, by bands whose name that no one knows. No one in history can tell you who... <laughs> who who wrote any of those songs? Devo. Devo. <laughs> there is a oh that's that's sad. Man. <laughs> we know what's in your truck right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a there's a sort of one hit wonder in the Bible as well. There are people mentioned to us only once, never referenced again yet recorded so that we can learn and apply spiritual principles to our lives. Their one verse or one passage could replay in our minds again and again as we discover truths in their relationships with the Lord. And so this morning we're going to begin a little series that we're calling One Verse Wonders, where we take a look at a few of these characters and glean out insight from what we find there. Now, To be technical, most of these folks actually have more than one verse devoted to their story. So here are the rules. The rules are that the people that we study can only be mentioned once in the Bible, having one particular story or situation or circumstance mentioned and not referenced again. One verse wonders. Now, ten years ago, the idea of these one verse wonders was brought to our attention when Bruce Wilkinson published his book, The Prayer of Jabez. That little devotional sold millions and millions of copies. I don't even know how many. I know it was at least 11 million copies. And suddenly, we were all thinking about this guy Jabez, who only had two verses in the Bible, and then was never referenced again. Now for us, I would say there's no better place to start than here with Jabez. He's the poster boy for these characters. And we read about him in First Chronicles chapter 4, starting in verse 9. And hopefully we see... Uh, something new this morning. Um, I haven't read the prayer of Jabez in many years, and maybe you're more familiar with it, but hoping to see something new here in this passage. Let's look at verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. As we talk about this guy this morning, as we work through his prayer, it is very, very important that we have the correct mindset. Because if we come at these verses with an earthly mindset, then we're going to draw out something very different than if we approach these verses with a heavenly mindset. Because obviously God's desire is that we have a heavenly biblical Perspective. We're told that in Philippians 4.8, Romans 12.2, 1 Peter 1.13, Colossians 3.2, many, many places God speaks to us about what kind of perspective we have, that we are to think with a perspective that is spirit-filled and submitted to the Lord, thinking about heavenly things, not temporal or earthly things. And so if we read these two little verses and think that it's about material possessions and, and receiving physical blessings from God, then we need to pause and realize that that sort of thinking is not consistent with the life of a Christian we see revealed in the Bible. It just isn't. In fact, that thinking is in opposition to what we read in the scriptures about our lives as Christians here on the earth. Now, instead, if we approach these verses with a biblical, heavenly perspective, we will find that Jabez examples for us a heart that is focused on service, on holiness, and on submission to Jesus Christ. 
So there at the beginning it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. We only have a few words describing Jabez, and so the things that are said about him are very important to our study. Now this is one of those passages where language is so interesting because the different translations each have a slightly different slant on these verses. And the reason is because the Hebrew words themselves have a great depth and range here in this passage as we look at their possible meanings. Now, the word honorable here, which is an important descriptor for Jabez, one of the only ones we have, according to Strong's Concordance, can either be used in the good sense or the bad sense. Now, in the good sense, this word means rich or honorable in the sense that we use it today. But in the bad sense, this word can be translated to be heavy, burdensome, or severe. And so, depending on the usage, we get a very different picture of this man, Jabez. And to me, it reminds us that in this life, there are roughly two categories that we find ourselves in, honorable or heavy laden. The Apostle Paul used the terms abounding and abased. He explained that sometimes we're experiencing a time of blessing and other times we're experiencing a time of struggle in our life. Philippians 4.11, Paul said, I have learned in whatever state that I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so no matter what state we are in, abounding or abasing, honorable or heavy laden, whichever type of Jabez we may be today, our source of strength is still the same. It's Jesus Christ. And we can find contentment and fulfillment in him no matter what our circumstances may be. Christ is always available for us to call on in prayer, just as Jabez did in his passage. Verse 9 continues, it says, And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Now the Jabez, uh, the name Jabez means he will cause pain. And here we find the healthy reminder that at my core, as a human being, if I strip everything away, I'm simply a sinful man in need of a Savior. I'm a sinner in need of a solution to the pain that I cause, not, not just myself or the people around me, but the world in general. God has provided that solution to my sin in Jesus Christ. It's not through my merit. It's not through my excellence. It's not through myself at all. Romans 12.3 For I say... Through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And so a proper understanding of ourselves and our circumstances will magnify God's power and his grace as we move out of the way and just see that Christ is the center. He is the focus. He's the provision. He's the solution to every part of our life. Verse 10 begins and it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Now again, if we're reading this verse and we immediately see dollar signs and physical prosperity in this prayer, then then we're really missing the point. We're, We're really not understanding what the Lord is showing us here. Let's break this down piece by piece. First, he says, he asked the Lord to bless him indeed. Now, we most often understand blessing to just be the absence of suffering and struggle. Now, while that is true in some sense, and and in one sense, that's fine, that is partially true, there's really a lot more to biblical blessings of God. When we look at the scriptures and say, what does God say blessings are, 
we find something very different than just not having suffering, not having struggle, or having abundance. Jesus said these things, starting in Matthew 5, verse 11, he said, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Luke 6.22, Jesus said, Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you, when they revile you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. He said, Blessed are the poor. He said, Blessed are you who weep. And if you know these things, speaking of his example and teachings, blessed are you if you do them. That's how God describes blessings in the Bible. That's how Jesus you defined this term in the Gospels. And so the idea that blessing just means a full tank of gas and a slice of cheesecake after dinner, that just focuses on the earthly and not on the heavenly, and it misses the point, and it's not in line with what Jesus taught on the subject. Because Jesus said... We are blessed when we're serving him, when we're following his example, and when we're applying his word to our life. That's what he said. That is the blessing that he desires to give his people. The blessings of God are wisdom and purpose and a calling to go in the world and then do what Jesus did. That's the blessing of God. And so when we ask for God's blessing, as Jabez did, that's what we're asking for. We're not asking for a diversified portfolio. And while that's not a bad thing to have, it's temporal. It's earthly. It's just vapor. And when we ask for blessing, we are asking for God's purpose and his calling in our lives. Now, Jabez went on and he said, enlarge my territory. Again, this is not about wealth, in my opinion, not about largesse. Another translation would render this phrase, perhaps it's in your Bible, expand my borders. Now, this reminds me of that great passage in Joshua chapter 14, where Caleb comes to Joshua and he says, give me my mountain. I want it. I want my inheritance so I can go and conquer it and fulfill that which the Lord wants me to do. Because in this time, think about it for a minute, in this ancient time, having a larger territory was a lot of effort. It was just tons of responsibility. It meant more vigilance, more activity, more planning, more devotion to your work. Asking for a larger territory meant becoming more invested, not more relaxed or distracted. And so Jabez wanted more of God's promised land, more of the duty that was given to each and every Jew, the inheritance of God's people. He said, expand my borders so that I have more to do in this land that you've given to your people to conquer. Jabez said that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may, might not cause pain. Now your translation again might render these words a little bit differently. It might say, change that last part to say that it might not cause me pain. So depending on how you look at these words, it either says, keep me from evil that I might not cause pain, or keep me from evil that it might not cause me pain. Either one is fine, because Jabez understood that evil was all around him, and that it was also within him. He was mindful of evil because it had the potential to destroy his life and his work, that it would cause him pain and that through him it could cause others pain. We need to be mindful of evil. What does that mean? That means that we recognize those things which could cause us to stumble into sin, that we watch for those weak areas in our lives where we're prone to wickedness. We all have them. That we guard against evil by staying near to the Lord so that sin is not coming on us or coming from us. 
Because evil, sin, and stumbling will destroy our witness. It will destroy our work for the Lord. And, and then beyond that, it destroys our very lives. And so we must be mindful of evil so that we don't wake up one day having drifted away from the hands of God and into the destruction of carnality or sensuality or all the other things that seek to ensnare us. And so Jabez says, I want your hand to be with me. I want you to keep me from evil because I know there's evil at every turn for the child of God. And the verses close, it says, so God granted him what he requested. Uh, some people have taken this passage to show that when we pray with faith, God must grant our requests. It's been used by our friends in the name it and claim it camp to show that God really just wants you to be healthy and wealthy and full of material blessings. But again, this completely, absolutely misses the point. It misses the heavenly in this prayer and is only focused on the earthly. The reason God granted the, the request of Jabez was because God is gracious and he is generous. And most importantly, Jabez's request was full of heavenly value. He was giving heavenly requests and so God granted them. He was asking for more holiness. He was asking for more opportunities to serve the Lord. And he was asking for more vision in his life. And so when we pray like Jabez, when we pray with those sorts of requests for more holiness, more opportunities to minister, and more vision in our life, then God will be happy to answer that request. Not for temporal things, but for spiritual blessings of more ministry, more responsibility, more purity, more of God's hand in our life. That's what God wants for us anyway. And he just waits for us to say, yeah, we want it too. Because God's not going to force those things on us. He waits for us to ask. And of course, when we ask, then the Lord will give us those things. And that's what Jabez wanted. That's what we want. That's what God gives. Now, if we don't want more of these spiritual things, if we look within ourselves as we should each and every day and say, yeah, I don't care about ministry. I don't care about spiritual vision. I don't care about holiness. Then it's time to, to sit down and honestly figure out what's important in our lives. Uh, what do we value? What do we want for our future? Do we want temporal things or do we want spiritual things? Do we want earthly things or do we want heavenly things? That's up, to, that's up to you. That's up to me. I mean, I have to sit down with the Lord and decide what I want for my life and the kinds of decisions that I'm going to make. God's blessings are offered to us today. And so let's take hold of those things, that service, that power, that calling, and live a life full of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right.